Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, Season 6, Episode 5. I am so excited today I get to share with you my next story, which is about a guinea pig. Um, yeah, it's sort of an interesting idea, I guess. Um, okay, well, before I get started on reading you the first part that I wrote, just wanted to check in and say that um, yeah, I realize like my family is so weird. <laughs> In a good way, of course, but we had a little celebration yesterday. Um, we call it the We Can Do Hard Things party or a Sammy party. And it just, I don't know, we were setting up yesterday and I'm like, I don't know that any other family does this, but we'll just roll with it because it feels right. Um, but yeah, two years ago, um, to the day actually, our family dog Sam or as we like to call him Sammy his full name was Sir Samuel de Kingston um (laughs) he passed away or we had to put him down actually he got really sick and it was I don't want to say sudden but it was pretty sudden like we weren't expecting to do that um he just got really sick one morning and rushed him to the emergency vet and obviously you know they're like um yeah he's really really sick he had like some sort of cancer growth or something and she said it even if we operate on him like he'll have a couple months to live and so the humane thing was just to you know say goodbye and I know it sounds really dramatic but my life has not been the same since we had to say goodbye to this dog um if you've been around for the podcast since the beginning, you went through that whole thing with me. Uh, yeah, that he was, I don't even know what to say, but when I did the HSP creative project, it allowed me to really process his death and kind of how life was going to be without him. And, you know, after being in a pandemic and the shutdown and being home with him and it just, I don't know. It was really hard. Um, and so we have made it a family tradition that every year around, you know, the last weekend of January, which was when he passed, um, we gather together and we have this little celebration because the day before he died, my family and I decided to throw this, we can do hard things party. Cause I had been listening to that podcast by Glennon Doyle and, it was January of 2021, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe we got through 2020. That was really effing hard. Like, so hard. And we should definitely celebrate. And so we took Sam to get a haircut, and we took him to get all his vaccines updated. And we that was one of the first outings we did, because you know we weren't going anywhere during the pandemic, especially because I had a newborn and all that stuff. So I... I said, well, yeah, let's take him out and, like, let's get him a haircut and then we'll decorate, we'll make decorations. 
um, as like an art project because we were heavily into creating things during that time and we got Martinelli's and my husband got flowers for me when he got home and I recorded this video of my husband coming home because we surprised him with a party and you hear him greeting Sam like he always did and I just I don't know there's something about having that as a recording of what our normal daily routine was like not that we threw parties every day but like the greeting of my husband coming home and hearing the 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 you know Sammy's paws on the tiles and yeah we have all of that on the recording and it just it's really beautiful you know that, that we were able to catch that Anyways, so we had this party, and then the most beautiful sunset that I've ever seen, like, we all went outside and looked at the sunset, and, like, marveled in its beauty, and we got Sammy to go outside, we're like, oh my god, Sam, look at the sunset, you know, we talked to him like he was another kid, and that was the last night he spent with us, not knowing that that was going to happen the next day, that he was going to get that sick, and we were going to have to put him down, it just really reminded me that, you know, when you feel like throwing that party, when you feel like being weird, when you feel like doing whatever, like, just do it. You just don't know. And it just really warms my heart that Sammy got a nice family party when we didn't know that was going to happen. And so we are going to continue that tradition. And last year we did a We Can Do Hard Things party. And so yesterday we did the same. And so during this time, We have a little dessert, we have some lunch, and we have some sort of creative project that we do. Uh, Last year we drew pictures, we painted pictures of Sam. And this year I busted out my typewriter that I got for Christmas. And I had people come to it and sit at the table and just type a letter to Sam. Um, I don't know, just a clickety-clack of the keys and the laughter of my children and the sound of the music playing and our dog Disney barking because she was having so much fun with everyone. It just really reminded me that, you know, the little things really do matter. And again, it doesn't matter if we're weird. Like I was setting up for the party yesterday and clearly I put Sam's ashes on the table because why wouldn't I? We're celebrating him. Why wouldn't he be part of the table? And my husband comes out, um, he was getting ready, he comes out, he's like, you know, I was thinking this morning, we should totally put the ashes on the table. And then I thought that it would be really weird. And I'm like, um, yeah, I already did that. So we were just laughing because we're just really interesting. We're an interesting family for sure. And yeah, if you feel like having that party, just freaking do it, man. It's totally worth it. And Now we have this little annual celebration of the fact that in this life, we're going to have to do really hard things sometimes, and we're going to have to say goodbye to our pets that we love the most, and we're going to have to say goodbye to people that we love, and our journey on this earth will end one day, like that is guaranteed, and you just don't know when that's going to happen, and so have the damn party like just do it be weird it's okay um i give you permission (laughs) not that you need my permission but you know sometimes we question ourselves or we hold back from being who we really are and sort of silly i guess there's no reason for holding back just 
ourselves at the end. Anyways, I think about what this will mean for Diego and my other kid, Dante, you know, and I told Diego last night um, during bedtime we were working on a puzzle. And I said, I really hope that when you get older, you know, even if you don't live with us anymore, that the last weekend of January that you continue to hold this tradition for yourself because it's important to celebrate yourself and the family that you're with, the friends that we're with, to say, like, we are capable of doing hard things and it is totally worth it to celebrate it. So in honor of Sam, I got up this morning and I decided to record the podcast because I felt like sleeping in and I'm like, no, I gotta get this recorded because... I can do hard things and I am capable of so much more than I give myself credit for and so are you so just giving you that reminder also if you've ever lost a fur baby it is one of the hardest things it's hard because like it's a dog so clearly it's not like a person but they feel like a person and so I don't know it's interesting because when I go to my brain spotting sessions, Sam shows up a lot in like my little visions that I have while I'm processing everything. And so it was really comforting last time I had one because I got to see him and my tia Alta and it was just, I don't know, it's like this part of my brain just deeply connects with this dog and it's really nice to be able to know that like I can close my eyes and imagine myself seeing him and that is enough you know just a thought of him is enough and yeah I could go on forever about this dog um so yeah if you follow me during the HSB creative project a lot of my artwork was based off of him because I was trying to process the fact that he wasn't with me anymore like every day physically and yeah just want to say that I want to add space for that because that is very very tricky so we are here. It is at the end of January. Um, we can do hard things. Let's celebrate ourselves for getting through whatever it is that you're getting through and just keep going. So without further ado, I don't know why I keep saying that. It's really weird. Um, yes, this is Gus and a little backstory of why I decided to write about Gus or how this idea came to mind. Um, so as you know, I got a job in August working at my oldest um, child's school and it is a Montessori school. I am not Montessori certified even though I have read a little bit of Montessori philosophy. I have never gone through a training so um, I am the Spanish teacher for the school so the kids come to me for 30 minute blocks and I teach them and then I bring them back to the class and I get the other group and um, Essentially, this is like my ideal job because I get to teach in a really fun and creative way without having like the major responsibility of having an entire class to my like to teach the whole day. Anyways, um, during the first few days I was there, everything was sort of like, you know, new and a little overwhelming. And I just not in a negative way, but I was very like. I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I don't know this philosophy. I don't know what the kids are supposed to be doing. Like, I don't know if I'm teaching them the quote-unquote wrong way. So it's going to, like, mess with the way they're used to doing things. You know, Montessori children tend to be a lot more independent. And um, how do I word this? You really can't rush a Montessori child. Like, they don't have this concept of, okay, now we got to line up. We got to do this. We got to do that. Like, they just, they don't have that in them because... 
with the curriculum that they um, go through, it's it's all about, you know, the child and they decide what they want to work on based on what the environment provides and so on and so forth. Anyways, so part of my daily requirements is that I also go into the classrooms during lunch to help um, give the teachers a break. And so I'm there for recess and I'm there for lunch and most of the classrooms have some sort of pet, classroom pet that they learn to take care of. And the children's house, which is a three-year-olds to um, kindergartners, they have guinea pigs. Most of them, not all of them. And so that first week, I just really gravitated toward these animals because I was like sort of just, ah, I'm a little overwhelmed. There's a lot to take in. And I just wanted to observe the, la- the first few days. And so I just like hung out with the guinea pigs. And then I thought, man, wouldn't that be such a cool children's book um, story uh, for a book where it's told from the perspective of the guinea pig of what they see in the daily life of a Montessori classroom. And so that's sort of where this idea stemmed from. And so every time I go in there during lunch, I observe the guinea pigs who are observing the children. And so I just get these ideas of these stories of like, oh man, that would be really funny because then you get to sort of step out of that educator role out of that adult role and you get to just put yourself in the guinea pigs non-shoes because they don't wear shoes and you get to just observe the kids and that's a huge part of the Montessori philosophy is you know you don't just jump in with your ideas and your thoughts and beliefs you sort of just watch the child and you kind of see what they need from the environment and so on and so forth so um, yeah, I thought about getting Montessori certified, but at this point, it's just, does, it doesn't feel right for me. And so I don't know, it's just interesting to be in this setting. Um, but it is really great for my creativity thinking about this guinea pig. So, okay, here is Gus, the guinea pig part one. <clears throat> one day I took myself to my favorite park to do some reflective writing about my experience with T-Rex mom. I felt that I had learned so much from the journey she and her family were on that I needed to write it all down. As I placed my blanket under my favorite tree, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. Hmm, must be leaves blowing in the wind, I thought to myself. I began to write, putting all my thoughts on the page and getting lost in the reflection of the learnings I had come with this experience, when suddenly something scurried under my blanket. It moved so fast that I couldn't tell what it was. I stood up, not sure what to do next. Then I saw two little eyes peeking under the corner of the blanket. Slowly, a guinea pig appeared in front of me. It looked directly into my eyes, waiting for me to make the first move. Um, I knew I probably looked a little silly talking to a guinea pig at a park. Hi, little guy. Where did you come from? It stared at me without blinking. His little nose crinkled as it smelled the food I had brought. Are you hungry? I said, getting a little closer. To my surprise, it nodded its little head. I could see the black and brown spots on its body as it moved closer to me and the food. Here you go, I offered a piece of cucumber. It took it quickly and began chewing on it. His tiny little claws held the little cucumber tightly as it looked up at me. Such a nice day out today, I began to talk to it, not sure why I thought it could actually understand me. Um... Sorry, I really love these kinds of days when I can just sit under my favorite tree and enjoy the breeze. I handed another piece of cucumber to him. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but there was something about the way he was looking at me that made me feel... Uh, I couldn't find the right word. It's like he wanted to talk to me about something, but he wasn't sure if he could. 
I figured this was the next character in my journey. They always just sort of show up like this, completely unexpected. So what's your so what's your name? I asked, not expecting an answer. Gus, he said quickly. I stared at him. He stared at me. We stared at each other for a few more seconds. Hello, Gus. My name is Isabel, I said with a smile. Hi. I could barely hear him. He hesitated as he looked at the cucumber slices. Do you want more? I offered the plate. He nodded and quickly grabbed more. Maybe he was feeling like he couldn't fully relax. I knew I'd have to give him a little more time to settle in. It was okay. I was in no big hurry, and I didn't mind his presence at all. In fact, it was quite nice to be able to sit with someone without the, without having the need to talk. I noticed that this was hard for most people. Sitting in silence often made others uncomfortable. They tried to ask a bunch of pointless questions. The sun shone on the trees. The light highlighted the different shades of green in the leaves. I absolutely love sitting in nature and watching the trees. There is something so healing about watching the light shine through the trees. The Japanese actually have a word for this exact thing, pomorobi. When I learned that word, it made me feel such deep beauty and always brought me back to this space, where time stands still and I just know that I am connected to something way bigger and deeper than myself. I must have dozed off as I reflected on this beautiful word because I was suddenly woken up by Gus the guinea pig sitting on my chest. He, was, he still looked a bit timid, but I took the fact that he was on top of me as a very good sign. Oh, hello, I said with a smile. I must have fallen asleep. It was so peaceful looking at the trees. You were. I still couldn't believe that this little guinea pig was actually talking to me. But like with every character I've met on this journey, I learned to just go with it no matter how weird it seems. So I took a bite of fruit. What are you doing at this park? I asked as I finished chewing my food. Well, he looked really sad. There was something about the way he looked down as he spoke that made me wonder what his life had been like. You live here. Oh, I took another bite, giving myself more time to think what to say next. I'm going to be here for the next hour or so. I can listen to your story if you like. I also have more food here. I grabbed my other bag where I had more snacks. He settled in, sitting right next to the food, and began to tell me his story. So I live here now because my old home was shut down. I was supposed to get placed in a new home, but when they were moving me to the other place, my cage fell off the pickup truck that was going to deliver me. I was able to dodge traffic and make it out okay. His voice was soft and tender, almost as if he was talking to himself. I'm sorry that happened to you. I wasn't sure what to say next. So I came to this park. I was hoping that someone would come back and look for me, but I ran so fast to avoid the traffic, and I was so scared that I wandered off too far. Gus looked up at the trees. His little eyes squinted as the sun shone on his face. That sounds really hard, I said quietly. Oftentimes when people share their hard stories with us, we feel like jumping in with different solutions or ideas on how to fix it. But I've learned through the years that the best thing to do is to simply sit with them without doing. Can I ask? I took a deep breath and got myself centered before I finished my question. Where was the place that you came from? Um, well, it was... Uh, hold on, I skipped a paragraph. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So where was the place that you came from? It wasn't that I wanted to take him back or fix this whole thing for him, but I wanted to understand what he had lost. Sometimes you don't realize how big of a deal something is until we see what is missing. Well, it was actually a school, the most magical place that a guinea pig could be. There were so many children who showed us what it really meant to live. I have so many memories of my home, so many wonderful memories. You said we... 
who were you with? My curiosity began to take the driver's seat. My best friend, Gary. We were both placed in a Montessori classroom when we were a few months old. We became such good friends as we learned to be part of the flow of the everyday learning and discovery that took place within the walls of that building. Well, outside the walls too, but you know what I mean. His whole face lit up when he talked about his best friend, Gary. What happened to Gary? I asked. He was on the same pickup truck, but his cage didn't fall off. I tried yelling his name after the truck drove off, and I gathered myself, but it was no use. He probably made it to the new school where they were taking us. He looked at the road as if remembering what it felt like to be all alone. Thank you for sharing that with me, Gus, I said as I offered him some salary. We sat in silence as we watched the leaves move with the wind. I had so many more questions to ask, and but I decided to just sit with my new friend. I couldn't imagine what a big shift that must have been, to be surrounded by the sounds of children all day, then to go to the quiet and stillness of the park. It probably sounded extra quiet. I've got to go, but I'd love to come back tomorrow around the same time. I began to pack up my lunch and snacks. I'd like to hear some more stories if you're up for it. Gus smiled, and his front little teeth showed. He was really quite adorable. I would really love that. Thank you. It seemed as if he wanted to say more. Can I... He stopped himself, but I was already planning on leaving him the rest of the food. Would you like me to leave the rest of the snacks for you? I smiled. Yes, please and thank you, he said as if he was showing off his great manners. Okay, Gus, I'll be back tomorrow. I walked away feeling a bit of guilt for leaving him behind. I planned on going home and doing some research to see if we could help him get back to the place where he was supposed to go. Something inside me told me that it would take a little while for him to be ready to go back, though. So I knew to trust the timing of things and to let everything unfold without expectation or attachment. So there you go. There is part one of Gus the guinea pig. And yeah, I'm really excited how this story is going to evolve. Again, as I sit down to write these stories, I typically have like a 15 minute break here or there or like a 20 minute sit down session or like just even like a five minute where I have like a block of time where I have to put something on the page. And so I've just been, I don't have, an, I have ideas of where the story could go, but I don't have like an outline. So I, when I sit down to write, the words come out and I just go with it. So um, as you're listening to the story, I'm also excited to figure out where it goes because I don't exactly know. So thank you for listening. I am so excited for this whole season to be doing this um, I was telling a friend that it's like I'm coming back to my eight-year-old self who just would sit down and write for hours or just feel this intense energy of creativity flowing through me. And I, I'm just happy to have this, this part of me back. So thank you for being part of that and for showing up and for doing hard things. And I hope that you have a wonderful week ahead of you. Okay, adios. <laughs>